This podcast is part of the Michigan Sports and Entertainment Podcast Network. Go to michigansportsandentertainment.com for more great podcasts. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Hey everyone, welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my co-host Mike. How you doing, Mike? Not too bad. How about yourself? Good. It's been a good week. A little under the weather. Kids brought uh, sickness into the house. So if my voice sounds a little nasally or otherwise disturbed, that's why. On to the news this week. We've got some doings going on in the news. One of the big things has been all over Twitter, the uh, Keanu Reeves and... Uh, Alex Winter put something up on Twitter, and there is going to be a Bill and Ted 3. What do you think about uh, a third Bill and Ted movie, Mike? I mean, I don't really think there's a need for one. I mean, I didn't, you know, finish watching Bill and Ted 2 and thought, you know, I really want to see a third one. I mean, I like Bill and Ted uh, 1 and 2. Uh, obviously, the second one is the superior of the two films, which is not debatable. Um, but I really don't think there's a third one necessary. I mean, whatever. I like uh, I like uh, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. I'll pretty much watch anything with Keanu Reeves in it, so uh, I'll probably see it at some point. How about yourself? You know, it's funny because I agree with you about Bill and Ted too, and I think we're in the vast minority, as your defensive tone suggested. Um, but uh, I don't I don't get it, and it's one of the best sequels ever made, honestly, because just they could have so easily just done the oh we're getting five more people from the past you know and like gone done something like that like a lot of sequels do basically just rehashing exactly what they've done before but you know there's robots in it deaths in it uh the afterlife i mean it's a crazy film and i love all the ideas how how creative they got with it and they're you know their balls to do something completely different i think it is great and the second one yeah. is my favorite of the two movies. Yeah, what's funny is the movie came out like maybe in like 1992 or very late 1991. So just before like all the hair metal bands were like becoming like increasingly unpopular. Yep. They, uh, they released a movie with nothing but references like hair metal bands. I know. I don't know if you remember this or not, but on the, uh, the VHS tape, there was like a contest at the beginning that you could win a, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was. You could win like, uh, you could go to a private concert with the band Slaughter. <laughs> but I think by the time it hit the shelves, like people like slaughter. Who wants to see them anymore? It like, was like everyone was obsessed with like Seattle music. I can see a private concert with slaughter. I just have to go to the local coffee house. <laughs> right. Oh God. Yeah, that is hilarious. I, I heard that William Sadler is coming back to play. Yeah, I heard that death. too, actually. So that'll be interesting. I don't know exactly what they're going to do with this third one. If they get as creative with it as they did with the second one, you know, like you said, I love Keanu Reeves. Uh, I like Alex Winter. I I will definitely uh, check it out and see what it's all about. Oh, uh, speaking of Keanu Reeves, did you see the uh, tr- the newest uh, trailer for John Wick 3? Yes. Oh, that looks so awesome. <laughs> John Wick 3 uh, Perineum, or whatever it's called. Perineum? It's not called that. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord parallax or whatever it is i don't know I know that your uh, grammatical errors have tainted this conversation <laughs> it's uh parabello yeah parabolo that's right 
Oh. Which is also the uh, the technical name for the nine millimeter uh, round. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you told me that before. I remember that sort of. But uh, Charlie Kaufman is making a Netflix movie. Uh, the Brie Larson was supposed to star in it, but she has dropped out. I assume because she got her first Marvel check and has decided Great. that she doesn't need to do small movies anymore. But Tony, yeah, Col- probably Tony Collette is on board uh, with it, as well as uh, Jesse Buckley and David uh, Thewlis. Huh? Yeah, you know the great David Thewlis. Not really. No. The movie is called "I'm Thinking of Ending Things." It's uh, based on a, apparently a wildly popular novel I've never heard of by uh, Lane Ry- Reed. Or that could be okay. an I. It might be I. Iain Reed. Oh, I it, it could be like a Iain uh, Banks. Yeah. But anyway, so he's going to, the Kaufman's going to write and direct the film. It's supposed to be a psychological thriller. Um, interesting. I mean, Charlie Kaufman, obviously, I, I'm a fan. I think you're. Yeah, I mean,. I think you're a I fan like what of I've seen. I didn't see, was it Synchronicity or was it the one he did after, um, what the hell is that name of that movie? The Orchid, not The Orchid Thief, uh, Adaptation. Right, yeah. Uh, was that, or no, maybe that was, uh, what's his name, the other guy, uh, shit, Steven Soderbergh did something called Synchronicity. Hmm. I don't know if it's the same title or what, but it was like some strange movie, no, that's not, that's not what it's called at all, it was like, there was like a large warehouse that like, had like a perfect replica of like the city of Manhattan, I think. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I didn't see it, though. Um, Yeah, I didn't see that one either, actually. But um, I like it, Adaptation. I like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I think it's a great film. I didn't see that one. That's a really good movie. Um, yeah, I've heard it's good. I just have never seen it. But, uh, yeah, he's... Charlie Kaufman has a very distinct voice. Um... Schenectady, New York. That's what you're thinking of, right? Yeah, yep, that's it. Yeah, he has a very distinct voice. Um, he did that Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. That was probably, I think, because I saw, I saw Adaptation, and obviously Being John Malkovich, which I like a lot. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. Um, but I saw Being John Malkovich in Adaptation. I didn't see either of those in the theater. But I did see Confessions of a Dangerous Mind in the theater, so I think... That was the first screenplay that he wrote that I saw. Okay, yeah, I saw I saw all three of those in the theater. Um, I I didn't expect that I would like Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, but I really enjoyed that movie. It was pretty fun. Yeah, I liked it too, and I liked the weirdness of the way. Yeah, the there was script... a lot of very bizarre parts in the movie, mm-hmm. and uh, that was only added to it. Yeah, and I think that's you know that's sort of a, a Charlie Kaufman staple. I mean, I I certainly think he could do a psychological thriller. Um. You know, I, I think it'll be different. That's the thing is they'll call it a psychological thriller, but it'll be a Charlie Kaufman movie. <laughs> so, sure. so you know, that, I'm, I'm interested. That's coming to Netflix. I don't have to go out to the theater to see it. So it's filming right now. So I assume it'll be on Netflix uh, in three weeks. No, I assume it'll be probably 2020, something like that. Isn't uh, Isn't there a new service coming out today as well by Apple, like their streaming service? Yeah, I just got a. I have an Apple phone, so I just got an email about all the. This quote, just did right. All the quote unquote exciting things that Apple is doing. 
Didn't Steven Spielberg help launch? Help launch? What? Well, you know, he had something. He had he had something to do with it. Like he was like part of the announcement or something. Yeah, I think so. Um, so now we know why he uh, doesn't like Netflix, right? Because he wants to. Uh, he wants this one to be successful. Yeah, I don't. They. I one thing that I saw on it because I haven't done a lot of research on it, and it, you know, when you talk about the big entertainment companies, you know, obviously it's Disney and Netflix, uh, Apple, and that's pretty much it. I mean, those are the three big ones. So Apple Apple owns a certain percentage of Hulu, I think, and them getting into their own streaming service, since obviously Disney's going to do theirs as well, makes sense. Oh, Amazon is the other. I mean, Amazon's a little on the fringe because they, you know, they have some good stuff and they have some good originals, but obviously they haven't had the time to to build up what Netflix has done or, or, you know, for that, if you consider all the Disney movies originals, since obviously they made them, you know, what Disney's done because they have a enormous back catalog. But one thing that I thought was interesting about this Apple thing is that they have an arcade feature. So you can play, I think, uh, games and stuff uh, on the, uh, the streaming service as well, which, you know, could be, Something that tips people over the over the edge as far as wanting to get yeah, this on. Yeah, but then like Amazon will just rip it off, and then on Netflix will be very unique for very long. Right, exactly. That that is what happens with this stuff all the time. But yeah, I I will probably check that out at least to read a little more about it. I doubt I'll get it. I don't really want to get any more streaming services. You don't need a uh, six streaming services. Right, I know. I have, what do I have? I have Netflix, I have Amazon Prime, um, I think that's all I have right now, but I had Hulu at one point, um, I've never tried anyone other than those main ones, but yeah, it's, uh, pretty nuts, you know? Yeah, we have, uh, we have Netflix, Prime, and Hulu, and, uh, like I told you before, we have, um, YouTube TV for TV instead of, Oh, know, yeah, yeah, I was thinking, I, I still need to... Still need to check that out because uh, that might be the way to go. It's it's cheaper for us. That's why I like it, and it's you know it's got a pretty good a pretty good um, listing of channels, and I, they try to add more all the time. But well, that's probably good in some way, and probably bad in other ways, right? But speaking of Netflix, apparently they are hiring a bunch of game designers because they want to create more content like a movie that we reviewed, uh, Bandersnatch, the Black Mirror Bandersnatch episode, the Choose Your Own Adventure story. And I don't care, to be honest. I, I mean, it was... I didn't think it was an especially great episode of Black Mirror. There's tons that are much better than that one. Oh, yeah. Um, just, I never, you know, I mean, people will always, you know, imitate other things. So, I mean, I don't know that it was that, was it that, I mean, you never know with Netflix, they don't release the numbers. So I don't know how successful it actually was. Exactly. But if they're hiring game designers, it must have been pretty successful. I imagine uh, with however they make money, I, I guess they did well with it. But, uh, yeah, but, but I mean, at the same time, it's the Black Mirror brand, which is pretty, you know, pretty strong as far as like quality goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some episodes that aren't as great as others, but they're pretty consistently good. Yeah, and I think that it was uh, definitely both. If the, if this was just like some movie that came out that was a choose your own adventure movie, maybe it would have gotten some views because of the novelty of it. But I don't think it would have been as big. Be- yeah, I think bl- it being Black Mirror 
was a big part of it. And I think the way they did it was interesting, where it was very meta, because he's creating a choose-your-own-adventure game based on a choose-your-own-adventure book in a choose-your-own-adventure movie that you're watching. So, you know, that's definitely a Black Mirror-esque kind of thing, and, and that's interesting. But, you know, one watch was enough for me. Where I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of did like I used to do with choose your own adventure books and went back because they gave you the option and you know just read it a couple times and it's like, yeah, I mean, I know some people are were like obsessively trying to explore every path. That's just not interesting to me. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I guess I don't mind if they make a few of these, you know, here and there. I don't have to watch them, so it doesn't it doesn't hurt me at all. Uh, but I don't think that this will ever dominate the the media. I don't think that it will be. I don't think it'll even be like reality shows where reality shows became another yeah, I, genre. I think you, uh, I think you like uh, sacrifice a quality story for like you know quantity of stories. Yep, I agree. And yeah, because to Speaking make one, yeah, to make one that's really good, you'd have to take you'd have to take years and years to make it. Yeah, probably. Uh, but now on to educating Mike. So. This week, we're talking all about YouTube and YouTube shows that we like, YouTube uh, channels that we like, and everyone, as everyone knows, I try to make the Educating Mike section fit in with our theme. So, you might, you might, have, think, you might have thought it was hard to find a YouTube movie to do with educating mike but it wasn't really because uh youtube star fred who i don't know but apparently was some annoying kid that was on youtube screaming a lot and stuff uh starred in his own film i think his real name is lucas crookshank and uh he played a character named fred and he started his own film called fred the movie which was uh, released on Nickelodeon, I think, in 2010, way back five, you know, YouTube was only five years old at the time. It looks god-awful, as did his YouTube channel that I never watched. But here's the plot of Fred the Movie. Fred Figglehorn, an unpopular, hyperactive, and puerile 15-year-old who wears childish dungarees, striped t-shirts, and suspenders believes himself to be cool and a good singer. So, uh, I guess he's delusional? He, I mean, that's like most of the people on YouTube who think they're doing a good job at covering a song. Cool. You know, actually, that's true. This might, uh, this might be a smarter script than I'm giving it credit for. He is in love, no. with, he's in love with a girl named Judy. And is devastated to see her performing a romantic duet with his rival, Kevin, during music class. Fucking Kevin. Following this, Fred aspires to one day sing his own duet with Judy. After an attempt to dig his way to her house in order to avoid harassment by Kevin, Fred discovers that she is moved. Thus, Fred embarks on a journey to find Judy's new house and sing with her there. So the plot of this movie is um find someone's house the the they they got a whole movie out of the premise um walking to someone's house 
Okay. During the quest, which seems to be a grandiose name for, uh, you know, a walk, Fred encounters myriad characters, including an anthropomorphic deer, a bedraggled childhood, or, yeah, bedraggled, bedraggled childhood friend who has gotten lost in the forest years earlier, known as Little Evan Weiss, Rachel Weiss's son, uh, a neighborhood girl named Bertha, and a boy named Dirth, with a person, oh, because it's Fred backwards, that's so funny, with a personality diametrically opposed to his own. So, uh, I guess Dirth is totally chill, popular, um, wears stylish clothes, is a really good singer, and believes he's a loser. (laughs) Eventually arriving at Judy's home, Fred discovers that she is hosting a party to which he was not invited. Fred is bullied by her guests for his poor social standing at school and his eccentric personality. So it's high school. Kevin then shoves a pizza onto Fred's shirt, causing him to vomit on Judy's party dress. And then it says in parentheses, accidentally, as opposed to him purposely throwing up on Judy's party dress. They wanted to make sure that we didn't get confused. Oh, miserable. Fred leaves the house and is infuriated to find that Kevin has posted a video of him vomiting on Judy on YouTube. In an attempt to get revenge, Fred decides to throw a party of his own, to which no one will be invited, in order to deceive others into believing that he has held a spectacular house party. Fred invites Bertha over, where they costume mannequins in different outfits and clown around while videoing the proceedings. So, first of all, they stole that from Home Alone. <laughs> Apparently they're just dressing up mannequins and, and you know, and then they're videotaping it. Why? To out themselves? Oh, here we go. Fred alters the video of the fake party and posts it on the internet, whereupon his peers are misled into believing that Fred and Bertha actually had an extraordinary party. Following this, Judy visits Fred's house and asks if the two may sing together, and Fred accepts the request. So, the end is just, he gets that girl that he wanted, and not, you know, he's falls in love with Bertha or like someone that actually like she treated him like shit the entire movie. And then the end is just, um, you know, I get to be with you. That, that seems a counterproductive lesson. Yeah. Do you think, uh, at the end of writing the script, whoever did it was like, yes, finally I got it. (laughs) That's what I was wondering about these terrible movies. Like is someone like actually satisfied with these? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, who knows if they just uh, shit out a script as fast as possible because this guy was popular at the time. I mean, I've never heard of him, and I don't think he's popular now. So, you know, they wanted to strike while the, the iron was hot, or uh, or if they really thought that they did a good job. Apparently, John Cena is in the movie, and he plays his imaginary father who appears at different times in the film to give him encouragement. Oh, so it's just sad at this point. That <laughs> yeah. His imaginary father? Does it say what happened to his actual father? No. Does his uh, father have an evil counterpoint, also named Dad? 
apparently. <laughs> it is a palindrome. Uh, who would play that? The uh, the guy from... Uh, from... I don't know who the opposite of John Cena is. I'm not super familiar with John Cena. I know he's a wrestler. I think it would be that guy from the Police Academy movies. Sweet Chuck? <laughs> Sweet Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably busy. Oh, so some negative reviews <laughs> on IMDb. No talent. Watched Fred the movie. Plain horrible. This kid simply has no talent. The kids from iCarly, for example, they have it. So, so the guy's bar is low. If he thinks the kids from iCarly are are talented. This YouTube star with a question mark. That or a pedophile, possibly. Right. I mean, what does it exactly mean in this context? <laughs> They're 12? Yeah. I've seen parts of that show. They do not have it as far as acting talent goes. No, not at all. You know, it's funny because he says uh, this character is way beyond stupid and not in a Pee Wee Herman or Ernest P. Worrell funny stupid kind of way. That, that reminds me, Ernest P. Worrell. It's, I mean, that. When is the last time that uh, a an actor was able to parlay a successful? You know, you can say whatever you want about how good the movies are or not, but a successful movie career because they made a lot of money, um, and a, just a successful acting career off of a um, a uh, commercial character. Like a lot of people don't remember, Ernest started as not even a national commercials, local commercials, like in the yeah, south. I, I don't know. In the Southwest and Arizona, they had a spot that aired here for ABC Warehouse. Um, but I mean, holy hell, that uh, that guy made a lot of money from a commercial character. I want to see the parents guide on this because, um, you know, it is supposed to be a kid's movie. So let's take a look at what uh, parents have to say about this. Here we go. Um, okay, so sex and nudity is mild. <laughs> this is the best way. The educating Mike section should just be this section all the time. Fred finds Judy very attractive. Comma, he stalks her. <laughs> I love how direct it is for the sex and nudity part. Fred finds Judy very attractive. He stalks her. Like the first part of that sentence is a justification for the second part of the sentence. He is shirtless on occasions. Not sure exactly how that goes with him stalking her, but okay. Fred goes to a dry cleaners and takes all of his clothes apart from his underwear. What? We see him just with his underwear. Takes and takes off. I think it's supposed to be takes off. It's take. It says takes of. But I think it's supposed to be takes off all of his clothes apart from his underwear. That makes sense. So if you want to see Fred in his underwear, I guess this is the movie for you. Uh, Fred describes Judy as a smoking hot babe. Kevin is in love with Judy, and in Fred's dream, Kevin picks up Judy, who is with her, who is with her panties and bra, and both kiss and sing. Hmm. 
whoever wrote this either was actively having a stroke or is a pedophile because they could only type with one hand on the uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> on the keyboard because there is a lot of errors in this. I think if you were having a stroke, you would probably call the ambulance. That's true. So it's probably not that one. <laughs> Violence and gore. Here's the first entry. Fred is threatened by Kevin. That's that's a lot of violence. Fred's dad says that he needs to man up and implies that he needs to beat Kevin up. So implied violence, I guess. And they call okay. that severe. That's marked as right. severe violence. What's this movie rated, like G or PG probably? Uh, I think it was a TV movie, so I'm going with... Like TV. Let's see, I gotta do, go down. Um... Uh, TVPG. What's that guy up to these days, Order? Right. Severe. Scenario number two. <laughs> He's hanging by his neck in his fucking closet. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking. Also severe. Fred's mom is often portrayed and drunk. Uh, that's supposed to be as drunk and lazy. She's lackadaisical. He spelled that right, though. And, delu- oh. <laughs> and delusional. And never gives Fred good advice. This can be seen as his mom being drunk. Another person who is guilty of that, uh, Fred's agent. Right, exactly. Fighting and in- or frightening and intense scenes, also severe. Fred has a flashback of his friend going into the woods to get a ball and never comes out. <laughs> it's so frightening. Fred goes into the woods ten years later to find his friend in the wood with the ball and can be seen with his shirt tiny and small and him having a beard, portraying that the kid was stuck in the woods for May years. This can scare children. I, th- did did a child write this? Uh, maybe, but you know what the mess up part is? There's three of these movies. Yeah, yeah. There's Fred 2, Night of the Living Fred, and Fred 3, Camp Fred. It is like Ernest. Where where's Fred for Fred goes to jail? I don't know. He's just trying oh, I, to steal I, Ernest's uh, gig. I should note though that uh, in Fred Three, he only plays Fred Figglehorn. He does not uh, choose to play Durf as well in that one. Oh God! Durf gets murdered. He joins the shallow grave that Fred's dad is in. <laughs> Oh, God. It was suicide. He shot himself in the back of the head. Right, exactly. Twice. Oh, so that is... Uh, that's um, Educating Mike. You can tell I'm sick. I'm not on the ball right now. But... Uh, <laughs> oh, wait. Time for my favorite segment. What have you been watching this week, Mark? Oh, yeah. Uh, so I watched more of you. Uh, interesting movie or TV show you know the way that they make this guy sympathetic because I mean the guy's a stalker and he kills people I spoil his name Fred Spigglehorn right (laughs) but the way they make him sympathetic is that every character including the one that he's in love with is some like weird millennial douchebag hipster stereotype so it's just you like fucking hate everyone else so much that you just by default have to root for him which seems like a cheat to me 
But uh, I've been watching that. I've been watching some of the other stuff that we're going to talk about. And um, I'm trying to think what else I've watched besides that. Nothing really. I'm going to see the movie Us soon. Um, so I'll probably yeah, I wanted to talk see about that, that, but I, uh, I didn't have time to, unfortunately, this weekend. Yeah, me either. I was super slammed this whole week and weekend. But yeah, yeah I did read the uh, spoilers, though, and it sounds interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely going to see it uh, probably coming up this weekend. So might talk about it on the next episode uh, in the what you're watching section. What, what have you been watching, Mike? Um, I'm back on the American Gods train. Okay. Uh, I, I kind of gave up after last season because it's just going so far off from the source material that I just didn't care for it. And uh, that's kind of what's happening now, too. Like, some of the characters that were very minor characters are just, like, lead characters now. And they're like, oh, okay, this guy's here. It's just, like, basically they're throwing in everybody who, you know, was in the series the first time. Um, I know I still like it. I mean, the performances are really good. I like uh, Crispin Glover plays Mr. World, I believe it is. Uh, and then I realized, uh, actually, that, um, uh, what's his name, Dean Winters, I think. He's in the he's the guy who plays Mayhem in those uh, Allstate commercials. Oh yeah, yeah, I like him. Or nationwide, I don't know. He was in he was in the show Oz, which my wife and I like quite a bit. Uh, he plays a character as well. Um, just, I mean, good acting. Uh, I mean, it's not what I like as far as the story goes, but I mean, it's still something I'll watch just because you know it's 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 a, it's okay enough to watch, I guess. Yeah, like uh, American Gods, at you know fifty percent or sixty percent, still probably better than most of the shows out there. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's not saying much, but it is. I would agree that it's better than most. Uh, another show I just started watching, which I've been wanting to watch for the longest time, I just never have, is uh, the show Narcos. It's been on Netflix for a while now. Mm-hmm. I was debating between that and uh, Ozark, but uh, I went with uh, with Narcos instead. Um, it's got uh, the only person I really know who uh, from anything else in it is Pedro Pascal. He played uh, the Red Viper on uh, Game of Thrones, a show which uh, you don't really watch from what I've uh, understood. Yeah, I need to. Uh, I'm. I think I'm five or six episodes in. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. <laughs> but he's he's really good um, in the show, and uh, you know he was good in uh, Game of Thrones, as you don't know. Um, <laughs> and then other stuff that I've been watching is actually just what our next topic's going to be. So, uh, what have you been watching this week, Mark? I already told you. Okay. I mean, I can tell you again. I watched you. Oh yeah, that's right. I, thought, I, I, I keep forgetting if we go back and forth on this or if we all go at once. Uh, seems to change each time we do it. Well, consistency is the key to a good podcast. So you can, everyone out there knows we don't have a good podcast. Uh, uh, so I've been watching American Gods again. Okay. Is <laughs> that good for you? Um. <laughs> So speaking of other podcasts that are better than our podcast, uh, we've got a promo for one of the other podcasts on our network. Uh, This is Decomposition Podcast, and they go through, I mean, they're going to tell you in their own way, but they go through uh, a different song every week, and they kind of break it down, uh, you know, decipher meanings, whether it's good or bad. A lot of times their, their tagline used to be, uh, decomp- decomposing, you know, all the songs we love to hate or all the terrible songs we love or something like that, uh, where they would purposely take bad songs that they still kind of liked, like guilty pleasure songs, and, uh, you know, then go through them line by line. But uh, now it seems like they kind of do anything. Uh, they'll do good songs, they'll do bad songs, they'll do songs they love, songs they hate. 
Uh, and it's very interesting. And even if, you know, you don't want to, they have a lot of episodes. And even if you don't go through and listen to all of them, I'm sure you can scroll through their catalog, find some some songs that you're interested in. And they always have some really good facts about them. So uh, here is Decomposition Podcast. Hi, this is Brad. And this is Katie. And we're the hosts of Decomposition Podcast. I think considering the material we're working with, that language was neither shocking nor inappropriate. It's upsetting and delightful. Much like this song. Uh, No, it's just rhyming nonsense. Yeah. Here to hyperanalyze all your favorite terrible songs. From Billy Joel to Taylor Swift. And Pitbull to Kiss. We break down what makes these songs so, so good. While they're so, so bad. This is a postmodern commentary on human existence. Mm. Billy Shakespeare did write a whole bunch of sonnets. 154 to be exact. I am not suggesting that this is a good or artistic song in any way. It's not good, but but it's it's great. great. You can find us at decompositionpodcast.simplecast.fm Or subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Check out our new episodes every Monday, and remember... They're not guilty pleasures. If you don't feel guilty. Well, that was Decomposition Podcast, and uh, I urge you to go check out their show. Uh, They are on Twitter. They're on Decomposition Pod on Twitter. They're on Facebook. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, pretty much any place you can find us, but they are a great uh, show, and definitely check them out. The main topic for the show today, as Mike alluded to, is YouTube shows. So, you know, I know we did the streaming episode, uh, but that was, we focused a lot on Netflix and some on Hulu and and Amazon, and we didn't really get into YouTube as much, and there's a lot of really good YouTube shows out there. So, uh, Mike, let's, I guess, probably the best way to do this is we, like, we'll go back and forth like we usually do. So, like, you'll say one, and then I can, uh, and then I can say one, and we'll just keep going like that. But, uh, what is one of your, uh, favorite YouTube shows? Um, I've, mentioned this many times on here before but i'm a huge fan of the uh, hot ones uh with sean evans uh this week uh or the most recent episode at least uh i think a new episode will come out when this comes out was with uh the stand-up comedian theo vaughn who i'm also a big fan of yeah we live tweeted that yeah we did do that uh it was like about a half hour show it was a lot of fun we tried to get some other people out of it too uh yeah i, I just really enjoy the show um uh, i it was kind of interesting because I didn't find out until this episode that Sean actually used to be in marketing. Yeah. He was like a copywriter in uh, Chicago. Yeah. It was just kind of like, it was kind of interesting, like his path, how he just like basically kept writing and trying to find a way to do something other than that. And, you know, that's, I mean, because I had never heard of him before, the Hot Ones. I think he has some association with the First We Feast channel that he's on. I don't know if he helped found it or what. I really don't know, but. It's kind of weird because, like, basically from the get-go, like, uh, from all I've seen, Hot Ones has always had, like, really high-quality guests, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, I like this show a lot, too. And, um, you know, you turned me on to it, but I, I, uh, I, I'm start, I've gotten into it, and I've started watching a bunch of the old episodes. And I agree, like, even going back, like, all the way to the beginning, they've had really good guests. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, in Silicon City, the one with Shaquille O'Neal is a hilarious episode. They get, like, a pretty wide variety, too. It's a lot of, like, uh, you know, hip-hop artists, uh, athletes. Uh, Gordon Ramsay was on there. Um, Charlize Theron was on the show. Um, just, like, a huge, you know, variety of people. And it's just, just a fun show to watch. A lot of stand-up comedians on there as well. Yeah, uh, it's definitely a funny one. And um, like we've mentioned before, I mean, uh, Sean Evans has the best research department on the internet great questions really insightful questions and you know he seems to get i don't know if it's because of the wings because their defenses are broken down a little bit or whatever but he seems to get pretty honest answers out of uh, people for the most part and just a really fascinating interview and fascinating interviewer uh one of the ones i've talked about a couple times before but not in super detail, I suppose. Uh, and, you know, one of the first YouTube channels that I really got super into is Red Letter Media. And they do, they got famous, they were founded by um, Mike Stoklasa and a guy named Jay Bauman. And then Rich Evans came aboard in, I want to say it was like 2000 and. 2009, 2008, maybe even a little bit before that. But they're based out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So they're fairly close to us. And they have, and I think they have a similar Midwestern sort of sardonic style of humor. Uh, one of the, one of their, their like calling cards is that they, they, they pretend like they hate most things, but they do. They do give positive reviews to a lot of different movies. They they're pretty big fans of the Marvel movies. At least they give good reviews of them. I I, I can't really see either one of them being like actually into the Marvel movies, but you know they appreciate them for a story and technical level, I suppose. Um, but they went they went to film school. They're highly educated, and they got real famous because Mike Stolklasa did a 90-minute Phantom Menace review, where he basically, like, because he loved Star Wars, but hated the prequels, and he went, like, I mean, in incredible depth as to why... Uh, the Phantom Menace is such a horrible movie. And it was something that at the time that he did it was not really done before. Not to that degree and not to that, um, you know, not like that long. Like 90 minutes. Like everyone would have said oh, a 90 minute video is never going to work on YouTube. No one's ever going to sit for that long to watch a video on YouTube. But it got millions of of hits and it really launched their channel to a different level and then they started creating shows based on that they like I said they went to film school and they wanted to they wanted to make movies uh they got a um like a space it looks sort of like a warehouse uh you you can see it in some of their videos but it's where they can build their sets and they uh they make their own films which you can buy on their website and I think they're available uh to stream and stuff like that as well but uh, and they have their own merchandise and all that kind of stuff, and uh, they you know to sort of to build up their channel, they created these different shows. Uh, one of the first shows they created was Half in the Bag, which is a movie review show. So you know whenever it, and one of the other things I think that's great about them is that 
all these other YouTubers, they have their schedules that they that they kind of stick to because that's sort of what you're supposed to do, especially the movie review ones. Like they'll re- they'll review one movie every week. Um even if it's a movie they have no interest in is not popular, they don't want to see because they want to have that consistency. And one thing that I love about Red Letter Media is that they put out a half in the bag just whenever they want. There is no schedule. It doesn't come out on a certain day. It's just whenever they feel like putting out a video, any of their videos, whenever they feel like putting out a video, that's when it comes out. So that, you know, I think that sort of highlights their, um, their, you know, like lackadaisical, we don't care about stuff uh, vibe. And that vibe, I think, is a lot of what draws the popularity to their show. They also do uh, Best of the Worst, where they talk about, um, they take three movies and they watch them, usually like older 80s B-movies, horror movies, uh, you know, things of that nature. And then they they say what they think the best of the worst is, um, and then what they destroy the worst of the worst, basically. Mike, I think you'd really like this channel, though. Um it's like it's very much in our sense of humor and i think the one that you should start with is a best of the worst where they it's a revenge tape and i can't remember exactly what number it is but uh if you if you type in uh red letter media revenge on youtube i'm pretty sure it's the first one that comes up but you should check that out if you if you have a chance. I think that you would find it uh, very funny, and uh, they have a lot of good good content on their show. Yeah, I'll have to also look into that. I've heard you mention uh, Red Letter Media before. I just haven't. Uh, I, I just I feel like I have no time for new shows because I really have enough time for the shows I already watch and listen to. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that feeling for sure. But what, yeah, so. what's uh, what's another YouTube show that you get into? Another one that I really get into, and this is such a weird thing to get into, um, but it's actually kind of funny because uh, my friend Matt and I, I've been trying to harass him to come up with a show similar to this for a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, this one's actually like a more like distilled version of that. It's just it's Frankenstein's lab. It's these two guys. Uh, the one guy refers to himself as Frankenstein, and his cousin Rolo. They just uh, kind of sit there and watch different clips, you know, from uh, different like. They basically, I don't know how their show's even on YouTube, to be honest with you, because they just watch other YouTube clips. Mm-hmm. How their show isn't yanked for that, I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, they're, they're up to like 100,000 subscribers now, and they started selling merchandise from the channel and stuff. I, I mean, it used to be just like stand-up comedy clips, and it's kind of neat because like they take suggestions from other people who, uh, you know, in the comments, I'm like, oh, hey, check this out, and then eventually they'll often check out that show and that sort of thing. Uh, they kind of expanded, like they do, like uh, they do, like uh, trailer reviews now sometimes, and like they're recently the movie Us. They they reviewed that as well. Mm. Uh, just I, I don't know. Just I really just enjoy the show. It's just fun. Like they seem like you know fun guys to hang out with, and it's just like they they almost have like catchphrases because the one guy's always like okay, okay, okay. And the other guy's like oh my god. Like it's in every episode you'll hear one of them say that it's it's pretty hysterical. That's cool. Yeah, that's one that I haven't checked out yet that I really want to. So I'll probably do that at some point this week. Check them out. But, uh, you know, one of the things that I think is cool about YouTube is that, you know, people like regular people that have like a good idea and are genuinely funny can get popular. 
I mean, not everyone that has a good idea and is general and is really funny, at, you know, gets popular. It does still take a little bit of luck, but yeah, there's actually like shows that look like they're ripping off that show now. It's like there's one called like Two Guys on a Podcast where it's like the same premise. I mean, it's I don't know what came first, but it's just like okay, even that idea is like being imitated and copied. Yeah, there's one that I won't include on my list, although I do watch it occasionally called Cinema Sins, uh, which. You know, it started out, and I uh, I really enjoyed it, and I still, you know, I still like the show, but I don't know the premise is worn a little thin on me. But they go through and they um they watch a mo- they do a movie, uh every week. Usually, it's a movie that's available on Netflix or on video or something like that. You know, on streaming, uh, not one of the new ones out in theaters. Um, and then they they sin it. You know, they they talk about all the things like usually they do plot inconsistencies or plot holes or stuff like that and they smatter it in with some jokes and um some like repeated sins and stuff like that one of the early ones that they haven't done in forever was um scene does not include a lap dance and stuff like that as just like a funny uh thing to do but there's a show called cinema wins which is the opposite Uh thing and it's it uses the same sound effect the same font the same counter for the wins as opposed to sins uh it's the exact same thing only the opposite and somehow this guy doesn't get sued or have his his channel taken off i i have no idea how i don't know how like cinema sins is one of the one of the bigger channel i mean like a really big channel i want to say they have something like 10 million subscribers or something like that. I mean, they're not, you know, there there's some just ridiculous numbers on YouTube. They're not, you know, in the top five or whatever, but they've got to be, you know, they're, I mean, they're way up there. Like they're higher than, than lots of channels like, um, you know, Red Letter Media, which is a really big channel that a lot of other people talk about is, you know, 551,000 subscribers and they're you know a, like an influential inf- influential channel that you know like kevin smith and like you know um has talked about before like how much uh you know like he likes them and um you know uh just different people have talked about how much they like that so yeah cinemasins is 8.3 million subscribers so they're a giant channel and you know they 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 got ripped off obviously from different people and no one says anything about it. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but apparently it does. Oh, so that's pretty nuts. Yeah. But my next one uh that I like is pitch meeting. Uh, I think I've mentioned this one a couple times too. It's technically on uh Screen Rants um YouTube channel which I'm just going to say I'm not really a big fan of Screen Rant, but I came across this somehow and I, uh, you know, I started watching them and they're in the, it's funny in the comments, there's so many comments that what people saying, this is the only reason I'm, I'm subscribed to Screen Rant and like, uh, but it's, they're, they're usually pretty short videos between like two and a half minutes to five minutes or so. But basically, the premise of the video is it's a guy named a comedian named Ryan George who has his own channel as well where he puts other other videos up. Um, but he plays both the producer 
of a uh, film and the writer of the film. And they just, the camera cuts back and forth between them. And when he's the writer, he has glasses on. And when he's the producer, he doesn't. And it's him as a writer pitching um, um, movies that have come out already. Uh, Like he did one on glass. He did one on the into the spider verse. And it's sort of like, I guess it's kind of like cinema sins in a way where a lot of the stuff he points out is uh, inconsistencies and things like that. But he does it in a really, like, um, you know, sarcastic, ironic kind of way where they just, like, accept uh, these things. Like, uh, I'm trying to think... Um, I'm trying to think of a good example of one. But he did... Uh, he's, like, um, in uh, the glass one... He says um, that uh, they uh, they they go to arrest the beast, and they've got all these uh, lights, and um, they're like uh, the producers, like, how does that work? And he goes, unclear. And uh, he's like, okay, fair enough. And they just kind of move on from that. He does like a lot of stuff like that, and there's a lot of um, sort of recurring inside things, like the guy that's pitching the uh, writer. He always says, in every episode, he says something is super easy, barely an inconvenience. Because uh, the producer will say, that must have been difficult. And he would say, actually, super easy, barely an inconvenience. And the producer always says things are tight. So, like, uh, there was one pretty meta one where he's talking about um, the movie The Santa Claus. <laughs> and uh, he goes, uh, so what are they, you know, he's talking about, he goes to this meeting, um, Tim Allen's character goes to this meeting at the toy company he works at, and he's the producer says, "What uh, is he talking about there?" And he said, "Oh, they're just pitching new toy ideas and stuff like that." And the producer goes, "Oh, pitch meetings are tight," because <laughs> that's the name of the show. Um, but the the nice. that one is uh, is particularly funny because he talks about uh, he says, um, "So Tim Allen's character comes out of his house, he sees uh, someone on the roof, so he takes out a gun and shoots him." And the producer's like, no, we can't do that. We can't have him kill Santa Claus. And, you know, he says, why not? You do it all, like, why can Bambi's mom die, but uh, Santa Claus can't get killed? And he was like, well, you know, in those movies, the protagonist isn't the one doing the killing. Um, You know, Bambi doesn't shoot his mom. And he's like, oh, that's a good point. Um, He's like, but he's got to kill him because that's sort of the premise of the film is that he ends up becoming Santa Claus. And he's like, well, you got to find another way. And he's like, well, what if he just uh, falls off the roof? And he's like, okay, fine. And, and then he's like, but you know, it's still pretty dark. Um, what, like, uh, can't we just have, like, uh, Santa Claus sort of, you know, give a little wave and then just kind of disappear? And so the writer goes, okay, sure, that's fine. Uh, I'll have uh, Santa's corpse reanimate, give a wave to the audience before he vanishes from this realm. <laughs> and the producer's like, oh my God, this is so dark. And, um, so he talks about how when he puts on the um, the coat, he becomes Santa Claus. And the producer's like, well, that's a pretty bad uh, system. Like, what if uh, what if some crackhead just put uh, on his coat? Uh, he's like, well, then I guess you'd have a crackhead Santa Claus. And and so they just they kind of go through things like that. And it's it's very funny, like the back and forth that, that I mean, they're obviously they're not two people. It's one person. But the writing is very good in the uh, in the series and I think that's kind of what what makes it so successful um 
But that's a good show that, that I like to watch. I think those come out twice a week, like on Wednesday and Saturday, I think, or something like that. But uh, I'm not actually subscribed to Screen Rant because I dislike the channel so much I can't help. But <laughs> I can't subscribe. I can't bring myself to subscribe to it. So I just kind of check it periodically and I'm like, oh, there's a new pitch meeting. And then I watch that. Nice. Oh, do you have any uh, any other ones that you uh, you watch? Yep. Pretty much the only other ones I watch are podcasts. Like I watch a lot of uh, JRE clips, which are just some of the best of from the Joe Rogan podcast, which a lot of them are really good. Like uh, yep. he had an interview with uh, Dr. Phil that I wouldn't have thought I'd want to watch, but the clips were, were pretty good so much so that I downloaded the entire episode and listened to it. Um, Your Mom's House is a podcast that's much better uh, enjoyed if you watch it because, you know, there's video clips and stuff that are pretty funny uh, and a lot of stuff like going on. You could tell that they're obviously making jokes with their facial expressions and that sort of thing that wouldn't really translate over to the uh, just audio only podcast. Yeah. Yeah, just, I mean, really just stuff like that that I uh, watch. Um, And I'm looking forward to the return of uh, Cobra Kai. I don't know when that's coming out, but I'll definitely... uh, Watch that again. How, how... Yeah, Cobra Kai is the only, like, you know, original show show that I watch on YouTube. I know they've had a few different ones over the years. My wife used to watch one called Blue that starred uh, that girl from 10 Things I Hate About You. can't think of her name off the top of my head, but she's been in a lot of stuff. Julia Stiles? Yeah, oh, Julia Stiles, yeah. Yeah, she was in it, and I saw a little bit of that. I I said, yeah, it's pretty good, but it wasn't anything that I really wanted to watch. But Cobra Kai is the one that you could call, like, you know, a traditional show that um, shot like a traditional show and everything that YouTube has that I watched, and I love Cobra Kai, and I can't wait for that to come out. Um, the only other thing that I really watch on YouTube is, like, every once in a while... I'll catch an episode of, uh, it's called a very special episode where, uh, and it's, it's funny cause it's sort of similar to a show I used to do on YouTube, um, called dumpster diving, but, uh, they, um, but I have, and I have not had time for at all recently, but, uh, I wasn't aware of this show when I first started doing my show, but I bet a lot of people that saw my show would be like, oh, it's a ripoff. Cause I'm pretty sure they did start before I did. Um, I can't remember what channel that, I think that's on, I think it's on funny or die. I think that's the channel that it's on, but, um, I'll catch one of those every once in a while. And basically it's where they go through an old television show, uh, and they just kind of make fun of it. They go through an old episode and they just make fun of it. Yeah, but uh, that can be pretty funny. The guy that writes uh, uh, Dashiell, is his name, is uh, very funny. And he's got the kind of voice where he can really sell the jokes. He has very good timing as far as jokes go. Um, So I'll catch that one every once in a while. But that's really kind of all else I watch. Um, You know, like a lot of people out there, I spend so much time working and then trying to spend time with my family doing this podcast for everyone's fucking entertainment that I don't have, <laughs> that I don't have time to, uh, to watch a ton of stuff. But yeah. Oh, another thing I've been watching, uh, I, I've watched before, but between two ferns with, uh, Zach Galifianakis, I've been rewatching those. Those were just fun. <clears throat> yeah. I like those a lot too, actually. Um, I saw the Seinfeld one re- fairly recently. Um, I think I saw, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones I saw. I think, 
he was at the Oscars or something like that, and he did. yeah, he there was like a two parter. It was like Oscar nominees or something like that. Yeah, that one was pretty funny too. It's I like uh, I like stuff like that that uh, just sort of um, kind of cuts down the the pomp and circumstance and ridiculousness of the industry. Um, that was one of the things I loved about Ricky Gervais hosting the the Golden Globes. Is uh, he's basically just roasting all the uh, celebrities uh, yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> I just I think that's um, you know I think that's great when people uh, when people do that because that Hollywood takes itself way too seriously a lot of times. Well, what's interesting about the uh, the the between two ferns with Jerry Seinfeld was I'm pretty sure it was at the end of the episode of uh, getting ah shit coffee and cars some combination of those words yeah. uh, the Zach Galifianakis episode I'm pretty sure it was the exact that was on the very end of that and they just you know copied it over. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they they basically they stopped their episode at his um, studio or whatever, and then they just yeah. walked in and did the between two firms. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. I actually did watch that uh, that comedians in cars getting coffee with Zach Galifianakis. I've seen a few. Yeah, I, I've seen a few. Of I've them. seen I've seen most of those. I really enjoy that show too. Um, but it's uh, I don't know when the next season's supposed to come out. Um, Unfortunately, another show I used to love on YouTube, the Norm McDonald show, I don't know if that's ever coming back because he went to, to Netflix and uh, it doesn't seem like it's coming back to that. So Yeah, but. I know. That sucks. I mean, I was happy he was over at Netflix because I wanted more people to see him. But, you know, if they were just going to cancel it, it's like I would have rather him stayed at YouTube because... Um, yeah, because they yanked all that content, too. Yeah, I know. It sucks. And uh, his show was just so great on YouTube. Yeah, I think it was like the other day. It was like the five-year anniversary of uh, the first episode with uh, Super Dave, which didn't seem like it was that long ago. But I mean, I'm not shocked. On the other hand, yeah, and that that was a great episode too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always fun. Uh, Super uh, Dave on podcasts is <laughs> like what he was telling. Did you hear the? Did you hear Norm telling uh, when he was talking to Super Dave about he was going on some show? He's like, "Oh, what you do is you get yourself a nice pompadour." It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! It's just like the most insane like thing to say. Here's what you're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But I love the uh, when um, you know they they tell that joke about the uh, the chains and the slave. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's yeah, like, yeah. Did you did you just did you just say that? Did you just did you just read or write that or something? He's like, no, I didn't write it. I read it. <laughs> did you just read that? <laughs> I love how normal. He's like, "Well, it's on this card here." <laughs> oh my god! That, that, yeah, that was one of the best. The first episode, bang right off the bat, one of the best ones. And um, yeah, I love just a great show on YouTube. So hopefully, you know, I'm sure Norm owns that content, so he probably voluntarily pulled it uh, because Netflix wanted him to, so it wasn't competing with their show or whatever. Um, so now that their deal is over, hopefully he'll be able to re-upload that stuff to YouTube. Yeah, I don't know why they, uh, why they wouldn't just keep it, because I don't think any of the guests were repeats. I could be wrong on that, but I don't think any of them were on the other show, so why not just have it for free advertising? Yeah, I agree. They should have just left it. I think Dana Carvey might have been on, or not Dana Carvey, David Spade. I think David Spade might have been on both, but Hmm, he he asked him different questions. You know, if he was, if he was, it wasn't the same interview. So yeah, it was it was slightly different for sure. Oh, but uh, yeah. So that is our show for today. Um, go back and uh, listen to the retro late fee too if you want to. We did 
the Oscars because the Oscars came out in March of 1994. Steven Spielberg uh, won Best Director and Schindler's List won Best Picture. Um, that was the year Tom Hanks won. Uh, oh, spoilers, by the way. Uh, that was the year Tom Hanks won Best his first Best Actor for Philadelphia. So we we talk about uh, that, and uh, I make the prediction that Leonardo DiCaprio will never be a movie star because he was nominated for uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. So I go and make a bold prediction that obviously I know is not going to come true, but sort of the humor of it all. Uh, You can find us on Facebook, Massive Late Fee, Twitter, Massive Late Fee. You can email the show, MassiveLateFee at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, uh, or not Facebook, Facebook. uh, MySpace, MySpace slash Massive Late Fee. We're up there. Uh, where else are we? Oh, we're on Bandcamp. We have an Instagram now too, Mike. I started Instagram okay. because um, I don't know. Everyone told me I should do an Instagram, but I don't. Are we on SoundCloud? No, we're not on SoundCloud. But uh, uh, I don't know how to do Instagram, so I just put some pictures up there. Uh, I, yeah, think, I don't really know how we would do that for this podcast, but whatever. I don't, I don't either, but we're at Massive Lafey on Instagram, and you can see like the five pictures I put up there so far. So um, Once we get 500,000 followers on Instagram, we will allow you to touch Paul Bellini. That's right. We'll allow you to touch, touch Paul Bellini, and we'll, we'll reveal our faces so you can see what we look like, because I've gotten a couple emails of people asking what we look like. And I'm like, some just, say young Paul Bellini. Right. Just Google it because I'm sure at least my picture's out there somewhere. Um, but yeah, and look at stickers in Sterling Heights if you want to know what Mike looks like. Yeah. <laughs> or it's on my, um, my MySpace, but not the one I use for this show. So the secret find MySpace that one. Good we're not luck. telling you about. Yeah. Secret, secret MySpace. I've, uh, I've started up my secret MySpace thing again, and it's been a lot of fun. Oh, that's awesome. Thought they forgot about me, but they did not. Uh, but, um, yeah, so that's our show. Uh, you know, like and subscribe or whatever. I don't know. If you're listening to this on... I never mentioned this. Follow, if maybe. If you're listening to this on YouTube, you can like and subscribe to the channel. So do that. And um, follow us on uh, iTunes or Twitter? Spotify or whatever. Yeah, you can follow iTunes, us on Twitter. Are we on Spotify? Yeah, we're on Spotify. Are we on title though? I've never heard of that, so probably not. Wow. Okay. Um, but you can uh, write a review if you want. That helps us out a lot. Reviews are good. Tell a friend. Do all that stuff, and we'll be happy. And hopefully I feel uh, healthier next week. But uh, thanks for listening to this. Bye. See you later. <laughs>